and welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. We're here with the second half of my discussion with Van Donovan. We're going to get into more costume fun and convention stories, so stick around. And here we go. What I also want to talk about a bit is your Steven Tyler costume. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's one that you kind of talked me into. I had to because I was I, I just I just knocked my heart nail up to uh, where I wanted it, and Terry had done Dodo, and I thought, hey, Steven. Yeah, and it it was good. Like I said before, I I don't always like wearing like the same costume to the same convention over and over and over year after year. I always like to bring a new costume, and I hadn't done that in a while, so that gave me kind of an excuse to do something new. Well, I mean, all it really needed was that that shirt, and I thought you did a good job finding colors that represented it, and and you know sewing it up together. It looked great. Thank you. I mean, I'm not happy with it as. <laughs> <laughs> kind of costumer would not be happy with it, you know. This this wrong and this is wrong. Rah, 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 this is all wrong, but it's got the read, you know. I had a lot of people who recognized me, especially walking around with, you know, Dodo and Hartnell, and a lot of first Doctor appreciation. True, true. I'm, I wish we had a little more time as the crew. Um, I would like and, to wear those again. Yeah, uh, I, I agree, and I feel bad that. Although we got some shots, we didn't get nicely cool Scott Sebring stamp of right, approval right. lit shots. I would like shots. to get some nice shots together. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's nice that we're about to be now the series. Uh, God, I keep doing that. Season three and the season six crew. It's like, ooh, what's next? What else can we do? Yeah. Um, but uh, that worked well. And as I said, you know, uh, Terry's looking at that other Zoe. I, I do like Victoria a lot. Uh, huh. It's just picking what outfit to do there. I would there. like to do Jamie's white mind robber costume someday. Oh, of course. Yeah. So if she ever wants to do a white Zoe, that could be fun. The white, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll talk to her about it. Um, I, it's you know, as always, you know, money, money and time, of money course, and time. Of course. But and that's uh, so like obscure, random, like small. You know, you kind of want to focus on bigger things, more more popular costumes, I guess. But it's good to fly the obscure. You know, yeah. sometimes. Well, and at Gallifrey especially. At Gallifrey, yeah. Actually, I meant to ask you. Um, because I wasn't around you guys as much when you were doing Steven and Dodo. Did you get a lot of uh, good reaction when you were in it? Well, yeah, the people who recognized us really recognized us. And I was surprised that I got recognized as much as I did. Mm. Like, even by myself, like, standing in line for an autograph or something, people were like, are you Steven Taylor? And I was like, yes! <laughs> I'm so excited, you know who I am. Now, isn't he going to be at Gallifrey? Yes. So that's kind of exciting. you got to wear it for that. I've definitely got to rewear it for that, yeah. Yeah, I, if anything, maybe we can go up there as a, as a group for a photo or oh, something. That would be a lot of yeah. fun, yeah. I keep hoping they'll bring back uh, Jackie Lane so she can see the uh, Celestial Toymaker outfit. I, I did send photos of that to uh, to her via 10th Planet. I never heard back, you know, but I, I know that was like her favorite outfit. So I'm like, oh, I hope yeah. she at least That's such a good recreation of it, too. 
Yeah, I know. It's too bad. Uh, I mean, part of us does, uh, like you say, get a little unhappy with it because we're like, oh, it's not a one piece. It's not a knit like the original would have been. But uh, hey, you, you do what you can. And it was meant to be. How do we do this but not go crazy and have a custom dress made, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And it looks really good. I mean, especially if you're just talking about straight up read, it looks very, very accurate. I think there should be a T-shirt. Not happy, but it's got the read. Right. It should. <laughs> like an inside joke. Like we know what it, it is. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's a whole another can of worms of accurate versus read, you know, and mm-hmm. how well, insane well, do you want to get? Well, I guess that's that's just it, though. You know, some people, they, they're all about the screen accuracy and other people, it's it's all about uh, the, the read, fitting their budget, having fun. I mean, well, where, where do you personally sit on that? Um, I, I definitely go with the read versus the accuracy. I wear my costumes. Some people display their costumes on a mannequin in a room or in a storage shed or something. And if you're doing that, I can understand the, the accuracy more. And I mean, obviously, some people want to wear their costumes and have the accuracy, and that's fine. But like, for instance, like that blue doc, doc, 10th Doctor jacket or coat, suit, whatever... Like if you if you photograph it, it's one color, and if you look at it in person, it's another color, and if you have a flash, it's another color, and you know, like which which one are you gonna go for? Are you gonna have what it actually is, or what it looked like on the television, or what it looks like in person? You know, so you really have to decide: is this gonna be sitting in a closet or on a mannequin, or is this gonna be on my person with people taking pictures of me, or am I gonna be on stage with? stage lights on me and or in a fan so film. on and so forth. Yeah. For, for me, I wear my costumes to conventions and I get pictures taken in it. So I want whatever is going to look the best for mobility and comfort and photographs, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I do. And I mean, I, and th- there's, there's another thing where like, I am totally fine with what you or what somebody else wants to do. I don't think that one is right and one is wrong. And a lot of people do kind of like, oh, you have to do this one or that one. And I'm like, it, whatever makes you happy, man. <laughs> you know, Wonderful. whatever your, whatever your budget works with or whatever your personal comfort level is, like, that's fine. Exactly. I'm uh, definitely, what? I'm not a judgmental person about like that. You know, if you want to do like Target bought stuff close enough, you know, that's great if that's what you want. So uh, along the same lines, what, um, what's your favorite event to go costuming at? I mean, I really like Gallifrey. I like Gallifrey because it's so small. And it's getting bigger, but... (laughs) So it's not so big now that I don't enjoy it, versus, like, Comic-Con, which I don't go to anymore because it's so big, and it's... Hard to get into. It's so difficult to get into, but even if it was really easy to get into, I don't know that I would go because it's just... All I do is stand on my feet all day and walk from, like, one area to the next. I mean... The last time I went in, I think, 2008 with you guys, or 2009, whenever it was, I didn't go to a single panel. You know, I just walked up and down the dealer hall and took photos. And, like, I don't even know, like, what I did all day. I just know that I didn't go see anything. You know, like, I'm paying all this money to just walk around. And, I mean, I had a lot of fun, granted. I mean, I had a lot of fun. And when I look at the pictures of you from those cons, especially, like, hanging out with Matt Smith or something. I'm like, why am I not there? Oh my God. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, it's just, you know, you, it really walks the line of, is this worth it anymore? You know, is, does the money and the time and the funds justify what I'm doing here? And it might, if I was there, 
But when I compare it to something like Gallifrey, which is really small and intimate, and, you know, you can go have breakfast with the actors or, you know, just see them walking down the hall or something, it's a really different level. And I really enjoy Gallifrey for that that personal, intimate level. Uh, I totally know what you're saying, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's different things. I know that it, it, being in costume, I've learned a long time ago, uh, getting to a panel... <laughs> is likely not going to happen. I mean, I, I make, I try to make certain ones, but at Comic-Con, especially weighing in those lines with that heat, forget it. I, I'd rather be on the floor, at least encountering fans and other costumers and, you know, um, making friends basically. So, yeah. And I mean, you do have to kind of go in with a different mindset completely. And, and that I think is important. Like you can't do everything. And I mean, I would still like to go to Comic-Con, but I almost, you know, like, no, like I, I almost feel like I shouldn't even costume if I go to Comic Con, and I, I, of course, I still would because I'm one of those people that as soon as I see people in costume, I hate the fact that I'm not in costume yeah. and I have to put on a costume. I don't even care what it is; it just put me in a costume. But I, I could imagine myself doing Comic Con without a costume and actually like doing the con versus doing like the costume side of the con. Mm-hmm. I don't know; it's it's a completely different experience. So. Well, what's been your your uh, best or favorite experience so far doing this? In general, or yeah, I mean, whether it can be from any of these events or doing, uh, yeah, open, open, open question. What's been your your favorite experience? It can be more than one. I'm just curious to yeah. know what stands out for you. Well, one of the things that just popped into my mind is like last Halloween, I wore my Power Ranger costume for Halloween. And I have a nephew who is nine years old and we went to like a big, one of those like big trunk or treat like parking lot. I don't know if you're familiar with those where they just have tons and tons of kids and they have like the big inflatable rides and, you know, just tons of kids and candy. And it's, it kind of keeps them from having to be on the streets trick or treating. They can just kind of walk from car to car and get candy from the trunks of strangers. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I went with my nephew to that in my Power Ranger costume and you know, at Gallifrey, everybody is pretty much like a teenager or much older, you know, but at this thing, it was like four-year-olds and five-year-olds, and like they see like this Power Ranger walking along, and, and it, it was probably similar to like the, the feeling that I got when I saw that first Stormtrooper in like the actual Stormtrooper clothing. Like, it wasn't a Walmart costume, you know, or it wasn't like obviously made by somebody's mom. It was like, this is an actual Power Ranger here and now, and so like... I had complete strangers like walking up to me saying like, can my kid take a picture with you? Hmm. And, and that was something that I had never really experienced. You know, I get asked to take a picture a lot in costume at conventions, but it's usually by adults or teenagers, you know? So it was the first time that I was really getting like these little kids coming up to me with like the big eyes of like, wow. And, and that really, I was like, wow, I can see why people like do this as like a, a career almost, you know, like, pay to go as a party person or something. I don't know. So Yeah, the kids make it worth it completely. I just I really enjoyed that. And my nephew felt so cool because I was like with him, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. No, completely. I've I've had similar experiences and it it just makes your day. Mm -hmm. And you figure that that you made theirs too. It's it's really awesome. Unfortunately I never got to meet Matt Smith though. (laughs) Well remember that almost didn't happen. Uh you know you read the story. Okay, yeah, it happened, but I'm just saying that, you know, uh, it, uh, it took a lot of luck to make that happen. But, yeah, no, that was a great moment. And, uh, you know, 
it's it's one of those things where I know a lot of people look at that photo and don't know I'm in it because I'm yeah. dressed as Hartnell and not as Tom <laughs> Baker. They're like, that's not Bob. Yeah. Well, I think you photoshopped Scott in, didn't you? We did, we did. But of course, that's not the photo most people see. Most people saw the one that, that floated around the net right away. That Photoshop version oh, no. didn't go for about a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he has on his cell phone, right? Uh, yeah, the one on Matt's cell phone is sadly not the Photoshop one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it was great. You could tell that they really got into it. Uh, and, and Matt was uh, you know, hippy skippy about it. Uh, I, it was just great to shake his hand and the fact he told us all to pose and action pose like doctors. And uh, I got to stand. You're like highlights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, no, it was awesome. Yeah. And getting to stand yep. next to him and then Karen. It was like, wow. I remember the first time I saw that photo, I was like, that is a really good Amy costume. And then, and then it like, like it, it was like three, two, one. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Oh, that's a really good Matt Smith lookalike. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I was a little jealous. Yeah. I, I, I know. I it, look, it, it was one of those things. We didn't think it was going to happen. It was just, well, we got to try. And yeah. And there's, it's possible even that I could have been at that convention and not there at that moment. And security was really ready for it this year. We we were hoping for some kind of repeat, and they cut him off at the pass and wouldn't even yeah. let him walk outside. And well, that's I mean that's another point in Gallifrey's corner, I guess. You know that they just are so much smaller, so that they can have a lot. I mean, not that Matt Smith has come to Gallifrey, but it'll happen someday. I'm sure he and seems when excited. It, does, it, it won't be like that. I'm sure it'll be. Crazy in a way, but yeah, you'll have better access to him. He'll be actually ready to pose for a photo, I'm sure. Plus, you're Bob Mitch. You know, you got the strings in Gallifrey. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, it is generally easier. It'll be a lot easier to, to certainly meet the guy at Gallifrey for sure. Um, now, conversely to your best experience, what would you say has been your, maybe not worst, but you know, funniest or mishap experience in costume? Anytime something breaks. Anytime you like don't plan for something and and you end up having to like duct tape it together. Um, And I've had some bad experiences with like con staff, kind of like what you just said, you know, the security or something who don't quite get what you're doing, I guess, you know, nothing immediately is jumping into mind, which is good. Yeah, very good. I I think you're right. Con security can be a real drag, but I try to respect the fact they're doing their jobs, but sometimes they don't seem to take into account basic human, um, you know, civility. It's just very, um, I don't know. I, it's just one of those things where it's also like they're not com- completely thinking out the idea that, hey, if you're telling me to move and that I can't stand here or sit here and tie a shoe mm-hmm. or rest for five minutes, then tell me where I can go. Because a lot of them don't even do that. They're just like, we don't care. Just move along. And we're like, okay. Yeah, a lot of them seem to be like power tripping on like, this is my job and I must like control this area and rah. And I'm like, really? Like... I'm taking like a 30 second photo. Like I, I get it sometimes if like you have all 11 doctors and you're like blocking a major thoroughfare. Okay. But if it's like a two second thing, just chill at it, you know, just chill. And, and it's one thing if it's at, like, like comic con where it is like literally like 200,000 people or something, mm-hmm. but I've been at like small little anime conventions where there's like nobody, you know, it's very small. You can easily walk around me or whatever. And, and they're still freaking out and they're like, go outside or whatever. And I'm like, it's raining outside. <laughs> So I heard some rad horror stories about con security at Comic Con last year, and really? I will say that I don't know what happened, but uh, we didn't really have any bad experiences. I mean, it, yeah, okay, it sucked about Matt Smith, 
uh, this year, but that wasn't so much con security being mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually, I will give them credit. Anytime they asked us to move or whatever, they were always uh, much more polite this year. So big kudos there. My, my hat's off to whoever, you know, hired the security or trained them this year. Cause uh, we only had maybe one semi weird experience, but yeah, nothing on the scale of, of 2010 or 2009. And I get that they're doing their job, but it does kind of seem like they get into their job versus like these are actual people that we're dealing with who are paying, you know, money to, to have this experience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all been very minor. I mean, I, the worst things that I've had have been like things breaking, you know, or irreplaceable things ripping or, you know, right before you're about to go on stage, somebody can't find something or, sure. you know, very, you know, relatively minor things. You know, fortunately, nothing immediately is coming to mind. How about you? Ooh. I, you know, I haven't answered my own questions uh, a whole lot. Let me think. Uh, <laughs> cut this out, cut this out, Bob. What do I think? In terms of like a, a, a not even a mishap, but funny is, uh, you know, working on the, the Cyberman or my master sash, mm. uh, the sash of Rassilon uh, for the P- Peter Pratt master. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that working on those was very harrowing at times and pushing the deadline and loss of a lot of sleep. And I remember working on uh, outfitting my cyber helmet with mini fans and some cooling stuff and fixing the, the what at the time were gels. I later upgraded them to mesh. And uh, I'd been working on the suit and the tubes and, and the C-clips and everything all night. And I fell asleep over the helmet. I, I woke up on the floor at like 7 in the morning, you know, crouched over a Cyberman helmet going like, oh, God, you know. <laughs> My my other favorite is when I was working on that master sash. I'm I'm having to you know barge and glue all these foam pyramids. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, so many the never ending foam pyramids, and uh, I have to prep it in like an assembly line. Like one bit's getting prepped, one bit's getting traced, one bit's getting cut, and uh, I'm yeah, two thirds of the way through. And same thing. It was an all nighter. I'm marathoning a bunch of old Mission Impossible episodes. <laughs> I'm thinking Jim Phelps is sending his own coded message that's going to self-destruct on me. <laughs> and uh, same thing, fell asleep over the sash. I woke up and one of the pyramids was super glued to my face. <laughs> and uh, that, yeah, that wasn't uh, you know the yeah uh, cutting it, costuming like the night before is definitely one of the worst feelings in the world. Yeah. I had to work through another day to get that done. I mean, it wasn't literally the night before the con. It was the week before. I've been sewing at con before. I mean, not at Gallifrey, fortunately, but in the past, that has happened. I've been at the con finishing my costume. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's my own fault for, you know, putting it off and putting it off, but that definitely sucks. And, I mean, that's one nice thing is that the the Gallifrey has got that kind of, like, fix-your-up panel room now. Oh, the costume repair station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not to finish your costume, but they've saved my neck on a couple times when I've lost like a, a safety pin or needed like a stitch, a quick stitch or something. No. Yeah. They, they've helped me out. And I know they've helped a lot of people out. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that, uh, cause I, I actually got, um, hooked up with them through, um, you know, Sean and Jennifer and, um, they, mm. they, it was a brilliant idea and I'm glad they're there and uh, I look forward to seeing them there next year, actually. So, uh, along the same line of, of Gallifrey, if anyone's listening, uh, I do run the costume 
program track. So if anyone has an idea for panels, I mean, we, we've got quite a range already, but, um, you know, I'm happy to hear them out. And if anybody wants to volunteer to be, um, you know, a panelist, uh, please comment or write to me and uh, we'll talk. Yeah, we always need fresh blood. Indeed. <laughs> so what is your number one tip to those starting out in cosplay? Well, I think I mentioned earlier that I think you should always do a character that you love. You know, it should always come from a place of um, admiration where you see a costume and you see a character and you say, I really want to do this character justice and recreate it because... Like, at least for me, when I was younger, I would be like, I would see like a group of people doing a costume and I'd be like, I really want to be in this group, but I don't know anything about these characters. And I would try to make the costume and either I would lose interest or it wouldn't be very good. And I mean, if you're serious about costuming, you really want to have like the passion to go in and and, you know, look at the screen caps a hundred times bigger than they are and, and say like this seam goes that way and this seam goes this way and and really like dedicate your time to like creating recreating that costume. I mean if you're if you're just casually doing it, that's fine. And you can just buy something off of eBay or whatever. And that's fine. But you still have to like the character. So I wouldn't worry about looking like the character or being too tall or too thin or too fat or too short. If you have the passion I would go and and costuming has definitely become a point where I think people are less judgmental. I mean, you may still run into people who are like, "Oh, that's inaccurate," or "You're not, you know, the right height," or whatever. But most people will be like, "Oh my God, you're Amy, and I'm Amy, and let's take pictures and hug and become friends. We all like the same thing. We're all costumers. We all want to be friends." Right. I mean, one of the things I really love seeing at the Gallifreys now is they have like Amy gatherings or Rose gatherings where you get like. <laughs> 20 of them together and they're all friends and they're all comparing their costumes and hanging out. And you can see that they're all like, I mean, maybe there's some rivalry behind the scenes that I don't know about, but what I see is just a bunch of people who all love the same character getting together to geek out about the same character. And sure. I think that's pretty awesome. You know, I would love to have, I mean, I have a picture of me with three, three Troutons, you know, I would love to have a Trouton group, you know, like 20 <laughs> Troutons. I think that'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, that would be pretty amazing. I, I always try to schedule doctor meetups, but I've noticed that Gallifrey's too busy for a scheduled meetup to happen. I've noticed the best meetups are, are usually somewhat unplanned. Like all of a sudden, hey, there's 20 of us in this room, pictures, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but actually, that's what's great about, uh, you know, uh, Comic-Con when you do a general meet. You're always going to have a big clump of doctors. Um, mm. And they typically 10 and 11 always take the cake. But um, at Gallifrey, uh, the, you know, there was a decent amount of like fives and eights and Four, One certainly. thing about Gallifrey is you're like, I was wearing that costume yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> there, let me go change. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at least you have the option to quickly run up and change. Most people are in the hotel. You don't have to walk or trolley. Yeah, that's miles true. Away to your hotel. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, that, that's another thing about Comic Con. So big, so big. Yeah, not enough hotel space. Which I know is starting to affect Gallifrey too. But at least even if you're not at the Marriott this year, you'll still be probably within walking distance. Yeah, yeah, and it's still, I mean, I don't know what it is right now, but it's still, I mean, even if, if Gallifrey doubled its uh, attendance from last year, it would be like 5,000 people mm -hmm. versus, you know, 200,000 people or whatever Comic-Con is at. Right, right, right. So it's still a very small con. I, I was going to ask, I mean, this is something I've encountered. Um, rather than ask what's, like, the most important thing you've learned in this hobby, which, you know, I feel like is probably along the same lines of what you just said. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. 
How do you feel cosplay has affected your convention-going experience? Oh, it's definitely affected it. I mean, just like I said, going to Comic-Con and I didn't go to any panels and stuff, I almost never do. I mean, if there's an actor or a, a panel topic or something that I'm really passionate about, like um, Fraser Hines, you know, I really like him. I'm wearing a Jamie costume, you know, so if he has a panel, I'll, I'll make sure that I go to that. But a lot of times, like if it if it's down to like waiting in line for four hours to get into this panel or walking around the dealer hall with my friends in costume, I almost always pick the costume, right. you know, and, and I go to conventions to costume. A lot of times, you know, like, for instance, if I went to Dragon Con this month, uh, are you not going, are you? No, I can't afford it. I would love to go. I've never been, but I would like to go. That's one con I've never been to. I'd like to go. But if I was going to Dragon Con this month, I would be going primarily to costume. There would probably be a couple panels that I would go on or go to, but if I didn't go to a single panel at Dragon Con, I would probably still have a really good con. It's definitely dictated why I go to to conventions. I mean, to the point where, like, if I go to a convention and I'm not in a costume, like, I feel really weird. (laughs) And I, like, I look at the people who are in costume and, and I'm jealous and, like, confused and... I don't know. Like, I went to the a Star Trek con back in 2001, and I didn't have a costume, and I was just like, why am I not a Klingon? <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody says. I don't know if everybody says that, but I definitely said that. I even, like, started to make a Klingon costume after that and never went anywhere. Good old Star Trek. Yeah, I um, we, we went to that Vegas Trek con last year. So many oh. awesome costumes. I was happy I had some Star Trek costumes to wear, but, you know, uh, what is it? I was so sad I couldn't go this year. Uh, same reason to save money, but uh, boy, great to still see some awesome stuff and and to see some of that variant uh, classic series stuff you never see. Like a guy was doing a piece of the action gangster, and uh, some other people doing the uh, the red hazmat um, kind of spacesuits from uh, the the Naked Now. I wonder if that if if the new movie has really rejuvenated the original series stuff. To a degree, probably. I went into that convention in two thousand one, and I went in two thousand eight. And in 2008, it was right before that movie came out. And they had Leonard Nimoy and Zachary Quinto on a panel. But it was before the movie came out. And it was really a big panel. But I imagine that now, you said you went last year. Yeah. I bet that the costuming has even stepped mo- stepped up more. Because I remember costumes, but I don't remember being super impressed by anything. But I have a friend who went this year. And she was taking pictures of, like, Borg walking around who oh, looked yeah. like they just stepped off the show and I was like oh my god that is amazing there were some very impressive costumes uh, last year when we went and the pictures I've seen this year were certainly on par there was a number of people I saw that clearly had seen the year before and there was a lot of other new stuff too and it just made me go man I just I missed just that ambiance I mean yeah if I had gone it would have been really on the cheap but you know just to hang out see some panels see some cool costumes you know that's what it's all about well, I mean, there's nothing like making you wish you were at a con than looking at the pictures coming from the con. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every year, Comic-Con comes around, and I'm like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. It's so much money and the heat and, you know, crowd and so difficult to get in, blah, 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 blah. And then you see the pictures, and you're like, why am I not there? <laughs> every year. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. And it makes you wish you could. But, you know, sometimes it, it simply comes down to money. And oh, yeah, it, when that happens, I, I don't regret it too, too much. But uh, yeah. I know. I wish I had uh, more disposable income to go and hit conventions across the country beyond Dragon Con, Convergence. I know is a great convention. And uh, Time Gate. 
uh, Chicago mm-hmm. TARDIS and sure. uh, at WonderCon when it was up in uh, Frisco. Yep. Sounded like so. a great time. So, yeah, I, I want to hit more, but obviously, uh, like like most people, you're kind of limited to your area. We're actually lucky we do have yeah. Comic-Con in our backyard. And, and Gallifrey. Gallifrey, yeah. and uh, we're a little hop away from Vegas, and mm. there's a, yeah, a lot well, of great little local cons in Burbank. Because so. if I lived in, I don't know, Maryland or something, I probably couldn't afford Gallifrey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to factor in the airfare, but it's such a great con that that is the main one I I would struggle to to make the exception for. Right, and there is usually you know the one that you do, and then everything else if you can. Yep, pretty much. Yep, that's a good way to put it. Um, I I remember making my first big Doctor Who con trip uh, because by the time I watched it as a kid, but keep in mind, like I'm not watching it like a die hard fan. Uh, I didn't. I turned from casual viewer who loved that curly guy in the scarf uh, to you know understanding all the doctors and the mythology by the time I was about twelve. Well, well by this time it's end of the eighties. There's no Doctor Who conventions in my area. They had stopped around eighty six or eighty seven, and uh, the all I had were comic book conventions and Star Trek conventions. So finally, as a teenager. When I was uh, sixteen, I got to go to Visions in Chicago, which was a trip. And, was that your uh, first convention? It was my first Who convention. It was my first convention. Okay. Uh, and that was fantastic. And the costumes there, I remember being great, but I'm sure comparatively, <laughs> you know, I mean... You're my great mo- to a 16-year-old. Well, yeah, but, you know, exactly. I wasn't costuming my... I did other things, but I wasn't costuming Who. Mm. And uh, I was just there to meet the actors and see the mm-hmm. panels and... You know, I remember spending our dinner budget on, you know, rare soundtracks and T-shirts in the dealer's room. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was starving for my fandom that that weekend, but great time, great time. And uh, You're not supposed to eat at conventions anyway. Exactly, exactly. You gotta starve yourself, you gotta suffer. Oh no, I remember um, I really wanted to go to uh, the next year, the next Visions. My parents were kind of like, no, because to go meant skipping Thanksgiving, and they didn't like me doing Uh that. And I felt so bad because... I mean, I was close. I was like, oh, I really kind of want to go again. And then they kind of squashed it. I'm like, okay. And that would have been the only chance I had to meet John Pertwee. Uh, so I've so always... I forgive you. <laughs> I've always regretted that. Always. There wasn't another shot. I mean, I know he did some other appearances, but nothing that I could have made it to. Yeah. In like that England or something. Yeah. So it, it was one of those things where I'm like, ah, oh, I miss meeting Pertwee. But, well, I, you know. I know how you feel because I went to the convention in Blackpool in 2007 mm-hmm. and Liz Sladen was scheduled to be the guest there mm-hmm. and then she canceled like at the last minute and I was yeah. like oh well it's Liz Sladen I'll get her some other time yeah I did the same thing with Mary Tam I I, I saw her panel in 06 at Gallifrey mm-hmm. and I wasn't really into autographs at that point it was partly a money thing and partly a you know uh, ah, it's not it's a scribble who cares right and now I'm all into autographs and having that moment and uh, you know she was scheduled for this year uh, you know, little did we know she was sick, and she canceled. I remember being bummed, but thinking, "Oh well, I'll get another shot." Same thing, yep. and there you go. Have you had any strange misidentifications in a costume? Well, like I said, um, if if somebody sees somebody else in a costume that they're familiar with me being in, they'll think it's me. So, mm-hmm. like, I've definitely had people be like, "Fun," and then it's like somebody else in a Patrick Troughton costume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, oh, one time. I was it was actually in my Patrick Troughton costume. I wore it to an anime convention. It was the very first time I'd ever worn the costume. It was kind of like the trial run before Gallifrey. And it was in 
July, so it was really, really hot, and that's not a very light costume. So I went to lunch with a friend, and I took the jacket off to try to cool off a little bit. So I'm wearing, like, these houndstooth trousers and a white shirt with, like, red suspenders and a, and a bow tie in this restaurant. And I'm standing there waiting to, I think, get seated or something, and some lady walks up to me, and she's like, excuse me, do you know where the bathroom is? And I was like... Oh, I think it's down the you know hall on the right, but uh-huh. I'm I'm not a waiter, you know. I look like a waiter, but I'm not a waiter. This is just the way I'm dressed. It, it wasn't quite a mis you know identification, but I definitely was. I was dressed weird, mm-hmm. and I guess she thought that I was dressed like a waiter, which is weird because it was like, I think it was like islands or something. So like <laughs> the, the people were wearing like Hawaiian shirts and stuff. Like that's what the actual waiters look like. Right, and then it's me in this. Uh, yeah, I, I could see certain doctors being mistaken for waiters uh, by the uh, by the public. I know uh, I made the mistake once, um, purely by accident, of wearing a uh, maroon polo and some khaki dockers uh, when I went to Target once. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty much the uniform of a Target worker. I don't know why that didn't occur to me when I walked in. So I'm shopping around, and I got stopped by probably six people. Oh wow! Asking awesome. where you know uh, you know X uh, thing is, or you know yeah, or could I check them out? I'm like, oh my god, you know, and I realized I had to get out of there pretty fast, even though I'm not wearing a name tag, but people aren't clocking that, you know. Well, you know, I've I've actually been assumed to be staff a lot of times at conventions mm-hmm. when I'm in costume, and a lot of times it's fine because, like for instance, at Gallifrey, if somebody asked me where something was at Gallifrey, I could probably tell you. Because I go there enough, and I'm familiar enough with everything, I could be like, oh, the art room is over here, or the main hall is here, or registration's over there. But I just by virtue of being in a costume, I guess sometimes people think you're being paid to be there or something. I don't know. Sometimes. It depends on uh, the venue, where you are, etc. Right. I mean, not I, at Comic-Con, obviously. It depends, though. It depends on... How should I put it? I know that there were people who thought when we did our Star Trek group in mm. um, 09 or 10... And we stopped at the diamond booth, and we were by the captain's chair and all their Star that Trek paraphernalia. Sense. A lot of them thought we were paid to be there. Yeah. And it's happened occasionally like that. If you're if you're at a booth that's clearly pushing something that you're dressed as, right? They think you're paid to be there. I'm I'm positive some people might have thought that when we were there in a group at the Underground Toys booth in um, 08. Yeah. 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 So it it does, and sometimes I take that as flattery. Like, hey, cool. Sure. They think you know. We're, you think I'm good enough to be hired to do this yeah totally and please hire me uh my rates are very cheap yeah yeah we'll we'll work for uh discounted toys you know right <laughs> just give me stuff i don't even need money just discounts <laughs> or yeah just the odd freebie yeah could i could i just get that adipose or uh you know that sonic screwdriver right right oh, totally um, but yeah, no, 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 it's, it's, I actually do take that as a point of, point of pride sometimes. I mean, it's a little weird when you see the look on their face when you walk away, they're like, ah, you know, or they yeah, tell someone, that costume? yeah, exactly. Or they, they tell someone, Hey, there's this great, whatever Superman over there, go check it out. And of course they go by and you're not there because you, right. Cause you're not going to stand there all day. Right. Right. I expect you to. Yeah. But if you really were, unless, unless the, the discounts or the money was really good. I mean, I always think that, you know, the minute you really make it work, you're not going to enjoy it. Well, yeah, I mean that they always say that about not making your job your your hobby your job. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't mind getting paid to do something like that, but I wouldn't want to spend like my Comic Con there because you know I want to go to Comic Con to walk and see everything, not just stand sure, sure. at a booth. 
So if it was like a convention that I wouldn't get to go to otherwise, I might would do that and then yeah, get yeah. to walk around on my off time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like a con like Gallifrey or something, I would hate to be stuck at a booth at Gallifrey. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I, I guess it's it's all a matter of what's more important, you know, getting, yeah, if, if that money is important or the whatever, whatever kickback you're yeah, getting is I important. Mean, uh, granted, I, I I always budget for Gallifrey, so like mm. I'm already pre-reg. You know, I've been pre-regged since February, I think. But if if it was up to like I cannot go to Gallifrey unless I volunteer, sure. Yep. You know, if that was how I could afford to go, yeah, obviously. Mm. But that's that's something different entirely, I think. Yeah, that's a good point, though. And actually, I would say uh, on the other end of that, doing an appearance for children or charity, uh, I fully endorse that that's great because it's 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 really awesome that's really rewarding and usually it's not even quite the hours of being hired by a booth where they want you there for whatever four or six hours in a day or whatnot um so yeah no i i think that that can be good too if you're doing it for a good cause or you're doing it to promote something really awesome have you ever done that sort of charity work in costume only a little bit i know scott and uh wally did it Mm -hmm. far more than me and uh partly it's because i'm picking characters that I would say aren't as popular on that circuit. You know, Doctor Who's great, but I'm not in England where they might call on that more. And I don't do the current popular one. I do Tom Baker. Um, And on the other side, uh, I did do a library day for some children. And uh, that was last year in Rancho Cucamonga. I did it as Captain Marvel, and that was a blast with a bunch of superheroes. And as you say, just having those kids. And granted, not all of them knew who Captain Marvel was, but... You were know, somebody cool, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were a few that did. Actually, it was really interesting gauging the audience for each character. How, of course, all the kids knew Superman. All the kids knew Batman. Uh, the teenage girls wanted to meet Wolverine. Uh, um, you know, uh, all the little girls loved Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and Aquaman kind of got some love, but clearly, you know. Yeah. And uh, But then there was, like, a Kato... And not everybody knew who Kato was. And with Captain Marvel, it was interesting because the kids kind of dug me. Some knew me from Brave and the Bold. Some just mistook me to be the Flash, which is fine. And it was the parents often who were a little (laughs) excited going, oh, my God, Shazam, because they're remembering the old 70s show. Right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've never done any sort of charity work like that, but I I would enjoy doing something like that, I think. And I do have, like, I have a Harry Potter costume, you know, so I could probably do that, you know. It'd be fun. And, you know, it's weird because I forget how many costumes I have until I start talking about them in a situation yep. like this. And I go, oh, you know what? I do have that. Oh, I have a Star Trek costume. Oh, I have a Star Wars costume. I have a Harry Potter costume. I have a Lord of the Rings costume. I have a... Wow, quite the... I thought I had a lot. No, you you, you might have me beat. I don't know. I mean, you, you have... I have quantity. You have quality. Uh, I guess. I mean, it's like you. A part of me goes... You think it's quality, but if you really knew where this stitch was at, yeah. Uh, We do do have, like, because I don't have any superhero characters. I mean, I guess the Power Ranger is kind of a superhero, mm -hmm. but not quite, like, on the Superman, Marvel, DC level. No, I just don't, for whatever reason. I keep wanting to do a, um, I I would love to do a proper um, comic book or, uh, uh, sorry, not George Reeves, uh, Chris Reeves Superman I don't think I'll ever get in the right shape for it, even if I spend a year in the gym. But even for display, I'd love to have one. But, you know, um, I would love to either do a Nick Hammond Spider-Man mm. in the 70s, uh, just because that was my Spidey. Uh, same same issue with going to the gym, though, on that one. And then I would love to do Condor Man uh, from the old movie. I don't know about those wings, but there's a guy who's supposed to do it for Dragon Con, so I'm, I've been watching his thread very closely. Like, ooh, what's he doing? 
I, you know, I just never really watched or read comics as a kid. So I okay. think that's, you know, well, that explains think, it. Yeah. That just, just explains why, you know, like never really did it, mm-hmm. which is sad. Cause like, I feel like it's something that I should be into. And I like, I look at all my friends in their superhero costumes and I'm like, Oh, I want one. But <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start, you know? You pick a character you like that, you know, you, you think have you to can know do. like the character in order to do it, you know, you don't have to, but it certainly helps. Yeah. Well, know. I would be like, who am I, Robin? Like, I don't, you know, it goes back to that. And I'm like, not ever going to wear a Robin costume. Right, right. Well, it, no, it's the same. No, it's like uh, Farscape. I don't really know those characters, so I don't have a you know desire to ever costume as one of them. Mm, yeah. So I, I understand that. How about Firefly? You ever going to do some Malcolm Reynolds? Man, oh, in 2005... I was like a hair's breadth away from doing a Mal Reynolds. Oh, really? Uh, literally, it came down to deciding whether I was going to do Mal or my Kirk Allen Superman. Oh. I couldn't afford both, I, but I priced them both out. And at the last minute, I went Kirk Allen because of casting. I thought, I can pull him off. I have the hair and the look for that. I don't really have the look for Mal. You know, I mean, we all would like to look like Mel, but uh, right. I didn't. And even with, uh, at the time, I, I hadn't even considered, like, going with a wig or something. I just, right. I guess I'd be okay. And mainly it's because not only did I love the show, but I love that costume. Yeah. And one of these days, I'd still like to put one together just to do it, even if I wouldn't wear it too much just for display. Because, man, I love that coat. I love yeah. those boots. I love that gun. Um, yeah, he's a great character to... He is a great character, yeah. And uh, I, I think casting-wise, if I were to work out, I'd be a better Jane than a Mal. Uh-huh. But uh, uh-huh. not... Um, yeah, not Mal. But yeah, one of these days, I'd like to go back and, and do a Mal. Actually, it would be great to do a whole group. But, yeah, I would love to do a Firefly group. Yeah, and I've, I saw them around when it was really you know kind of big with Serenity in 05 and 06. Lately, it's like, oh, you see the odd Kaylee or Wash or yeah. Mal. yeah. But you now know, having a full group would be really impressive. It would be awesome, yeah. So it's something I might think about. It's one of those things where it's back to like the Red Dwarf group we want to do, which uh, is still on my list. That yeah. it, part of it's the casting, and and uh, yeah, actually that is something we really should talk about. That I keep going, like you know what? Maybe this is the year to do Red Dwarf. Maybe we can make it happen. Hmm. Uh, granted, yeah. what what sucks about it is there's really no place in that group for me in the main group because everybody else uh, that we've talked to is much better cast again, and I I don't want to well, interfere with the casting. Uh, but you're so I, like sacri- self sacrificing. I know, I know. Because secretly, I'd love to do Rimmer, but I thought you know what though, like uh, we were talking, I think mainly to CJ about doing Rimmer, and I thought, yeah, he'd be a better Rimmer. And I know uh, we wanted uh, you to be Lister. Uh, Scott's been talking about Crichton forever. Right. Uh, Terry would be the female Holly, mm. and uh, Ben was was up for doing the cat. Mm. And I thought, okay, that that works pretty well with a little makeup help here and there. And then uh, Kevin Copa wants to do Ace Rimmer. Ah. And uh, the only thing left, uh, oh, and Vicky wants to just do the the gingham dress with the Mister Flibbles, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> And uh, so what was the only thing I could really think of that stood out for like another like character that's cool and I don't, I don't know how I would do it exactly, but the Inquisitor focus on the whole season four, season five vibe, you know? Well, if you're also going to have like an a streamer, you could always do like one of the alternate members oh. or listers. Yeah, you're stretching on something. Unless yeah. you're talking Dwayne Dibley, but I'm not Dwayne Dibley, so uh, yeah, I'll think about it. I mean, we've been rewatching the episode, so I'll, yeah. I'll try to sit down and rack my brain a bit more. I could just be another generic crew member in like the uh, the khaki fatigues, but you don't want to be the third guy. For, you don't want to be Todd Hunter. You don't want to be. You the... said we're gonna have a female Holly. You could be male Holly. Maybe. Didn't you, didn't you say you were him for something once? 
Yeah, sort of. Uh, I I did a, a holly for a. You're gonna laugh. Uh, I had to do uh, an oral presentation for my English class in 1993. Oh wow! And uh, I remember as part of my presentation to liven it up because most people just went up there with a slide projector, you know. So I oh. cut a video together with all of the all the footage on all this stupid architecture I had to cover. But I did it as a computer talking to myself, uh, presenting the information from like the future. Oh wow! So I so like you were you were there, and then like you were talking to a television. Exactly. So I filmed myself as Holly in a black turtleneck as a computer, as a stupid computer making you know weird jokes, and I cut in some bad video effects from the Amiga computer my friend had done for me because I didn't have an Amiga. I had I had a PC at the time. And, um, the, uh, what is it? Um, I made a few little nods to Red Dwarf. I didn't go all out and say it was Red Dwarf. Right. And, uh, but yeah, I remember that was the hardest thing about recording it was I had to say stuff, say my line in my head to give me time right. to talk. And then remember when I was doing it live to not get nervous and talk fast <laughs> and, and time my, my responses. So it seemed natural and with only one little exception, which still worked okay for the delivery, I, I got it. I couldn't believe it pulled off. Like, if you really thought I was talking to myself. That is amazing. I wish I wish I had, like, a video of you doing that. So do I now, actually. I still have the video of it, but I don't have the video of, of me doing it live, you know. Oh, wow. And That's pretty cool. You should recreate it with, like, baby Bob, Holly, <laughs> and then, like, adult Bob. That would be so uh, weird, but yeah, I'll have to have to bust that out. I got a great grade on it, though. It's so funny because the first, our first mini thing, uh, I did a basic, you know, I read a paper, and yeah, I had some, I don't know, giant uh, cards or something made up, and I remember not getting a good grade, and I thought, all right, I'm going to blow them away on the next <laughs> one. So I did that, and my teacher loved it, and her only complaint I think was I still didn't have like good enough eye contact or something. Oh wow! What so, is this, like an acting class? I know, I know, right? So then for the we so we the third and last one we did. This was the next semester, you know, in, in high school where you do the class for the whole year, right? Uh, I remember, and you're gonna like this. I did a Doctor Who story, <laughs> and uh, this was '94. Now Sylvester McCoy was the current Doctor. I was in my McCoy phase. This was, this was the two year period where if you had found Bob Mitch and asked him who was his favorite Doctor, I would have said McCoy, not Tom Baker. Uh -huh. And uh, so yeah, I put together a kind of a semi-sort of McCoy costume. It was a weird, funky tie and shirt with that new adventure cream linen look, and I found a Panama hat. Not the exact style, mind you, but it had a pop-up brim, and uh, so it looked enough like it. And I did that, um, and I wrote a whole science fiction piece that was like... Oh, it was on pop art. So I wrote a piece that pop art was disappearing from history... And it was all being headed up by the gods of Ragnarok from the greatest show in the galaxy. <laughs> and uh, it was a new adventure era set, so it was uh, the Doctor and Bernice. And uh, I actually remember I did it. I wrote out this Doctor Who adventure interspersing a lot of, you know, Doctor gobbledygook and explanations that basically explained the lecture part of the thing. And once in a while I would stop and actually say some facts, you know what I mean? <laughs> But uh, it was interwoven with the story, and I would even act it out while I would like walk around the room, acting out stuff and walking up aisles. I kept the students awake, which was great. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I used the hat as a thing. Every time I had the hat on, I was acting out the story. Every time I took the hat off, I was lecturing. 
And, so cool. and I intercut it with um, not only bits of pop art and footage from the 60s that I got from 60s movies, because we were supposed to be time traveling to the 60s to meet Andy Warhol and stuff. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, I was intercutting it also with Doctor Who footage of Sylvester McCoy doing stuff. And I even had a cliffhanger. <laughs> I had a cliffhanger where the gods of Ragnarok try to kill him because he's getting too close. And I took some footage from Battlefield where he flips over and a laser beam shoots and wow. and then I came back and, and what's funny is I did this and my mom and dad were like that last one was clever this one's too weird no one will get it you gotta change it well they're telling me this like two days before oh, no. I'm t- due to go on I don't have time to change it so uh, they insisted that I do a primer on Doctor Who so that's exactly <laughs> what I did I did like a two minute primer on Doctor Who and what it was I mean not really dumbing it down right and uh, yeah and I remember uh, but weirdly enough A plus it and that was for an English class? It was for an English class. I A-plus that. Yeah, my wow. teacher loved it. And uh, she even asked for video copies of that stuff later. Oh, okay. I, I, I feel bad for any student after me that had to watch that, you know, and, uh, and everything. But I, I met people afterwards in that class and even at, like, parties the next week um, who were, like, saying, wow, that was really great. It was really entertaining. And these were people that were not science fiction fans. Right. And they were saying, wow, that was really good, fun, entertaining, da-da-da. And what's more about this Doctor Who show? And I'm like, you're kidding me. Oh, and the funniest thing about that, man, was I used the McCoy sequence, right, to open and close it. Uh-huh. And because nobody either had seen Doctor Who or the people familiar with Doctor Who only remembered the 70s and Tom Baker. Uh-huh. They weren't. They didn't know that was the current show, so they thought that I did those graphics. Oh, wow! <laughs> they thought I whipped that crap up. And uh, when my teacher, when they were saying, I was like, "No, no, no! It's part of the show, really. Yeah, it's part of the show, really." And uh, when my teacher brought it up, though, I said, "Oh, thanks. That took me a really long time." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another show that I wish I could do like a costume from, but it's iconic from it. That's the pro- Al's the iconic look. Yeah, it's hard Al's to find got one some for- iconic stuff, but Sam doesn't because he's always changing. You know, the best you can do for Sam is the white leotard, but who wants to do that? Hey. <laughs> yeah, even, that's not very iconic. So, not unless you got some blue mist coming up, and yeah, <laughs> walk around with like a smoke machine. <laughs> Could you imagine that walking around with a smoke machine doing Sam Beckett? Oh, that would be kind of cool. Always got to be in like the regeneration pose, you know. I know. Oh, that's right. He'd be doing the regeneration pose. You know, I would. I had so many ideas back then for doing a quantum leap Doctor Who crossover. Oh, oh I almost want to crack them out again. Boy, th- there's a crossover ripe to happen. Well, we've got a, a convention coming up, so uh, what quantum leap? No, well, there might be one, but I mean, Gallifrey. You've always got to write a million skits, don't you? That's true. That's true. Were you in, in theater when you were in high school? A little bit. I did it for about a year. It seems like you should have been like an actor. Uh, again, I was. I, what's strange is that um, you're right. I should have done it much earlier. I don't know what possessed me to do it senior year. I did two plays. They were fun. I met some really cool people. I look back and I'm like, why didn't I do that? But you want to know what? I, I, I didn't get into extracurriculars as a kid. Hmm. Uh, my, my mom hated me for it. You were yeah. just a nerd. So when I did theater, um, they were kind of shocked. <laughs> I bet. And I can't remember why. I want, I want to say, like, was there a cute girl I was trying to meet? I'm like, no. I, <laughs> I, there, were, there were cute girls, but they weren't in theater. I mean, or at least there wasn't a, a set one in theater I, I would have done that for. So I'm like, right. um... Yeah, I don't know. I do remember that uh, because they knew I liked Doctor Who, they cast me as this like nutty professor guy in the first play we did. <laughs> and they said, here, just play Doctor Who. I'm like, yeah! 
You got it. Costume too. You know what's so sad is that I was 15 and I got all those tape. I got all these tapes of Doctor Who because you know I watched it as a kid, but now I wanted to really reabsorb it as a fan and see all the ones I'd missed. And uh, I remember many a weekend at being 15, 16 years old. Yeah, not not caring about the fact I didn't have a date that Saturday night. I had my pile of Doctor Who. I had my pizza. I had my Coke. I was set. You have a girlfriend now, too, don't you? I do it's now, It's like there's yes. hope for nerds everywhere. Well, come on. Nowadays, of course there's hope for nerds. Have you not been to a convention in the last, like, five to ten years? I mean, give me a break, man. If if people had seen, you know, 15-year-old Bob with his Doctor Who DVD, or DVDs, VHS and his pizza, they'd be like, this guy's never getting laid. This guy's never going to amount to anything. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I remember my, my brother's friend, um, Alan, Alan Cool was his name. And he was really cool. He's a really, really cool guy. Uh, you know, definitely the guy who got the chicks. And I remember one time he comes in and my brother to be nice, tuned into Doctor Who. It was shown on the sci-fi <laughs> channel at the time. So he's like, hey, for lunch, we'll watch some Doctor Who. And I said, really? Because I know he didn't like it. But he was like, no, 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 it's cool. You know, we can watch it. Da, da, da. So I'm, my brother was being nice. So we're watching Tom Baker or something. And Alan walks in an hour, or not an hour, whatever, 10 minutes later, and he says, what are you watching? And I'm like, Doctor, he's like, I know what it is. Why are you watching? And I'm like, because I like it. And he just gave me this look like, Bobby, you're consumed, man. You've gone to the dark side. I can't help you. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I, I got I got disapproved by Alan Cool. Oh, man. You still remember this to this day. I do. I do. And uh, you're, you're right. But, I mean, let's face it. The geek has kind of inherited the earth at this point. And you yeah. have... All these great superhero movies. Well, not all of them are great, but you know they're they taken off and. Well, it's Doctor become Who. a lot more mainstream, and uh, I guess like more normal people are are nerds now or something. Like it used to be kind of like the Poindexter type of nerd, right? And and now you've got really cool people who are nerds, basically. Yeah, and it's like, I'd say the media has helped. You know, uh, these yeah. movies, Harry Potter. Um, well, and you know what? We're all adults now, and we control. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think the key is you've had um, some franchises that have been more um, open to girl fandom, like the Joss Whedon Buffy stuff. Yeah, and Fire the- Firefly too. Yeah, and I think that's those have just been good gateway drugs for girls to <laughs> get. Yeah. No, it's true. You know, to I get mean, into yeah. the other stuff. Yeah, and Doctor Who now, as it is, as it's been yeah. retooled, is much more female friendly oh, yeah. than it was oh, yeah. as, as the old show. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's the whole thing where, let's face it, back in the day, being a sci-fi nerd, it felt like you were part of a boys' club. Yeah. And it still th- does sometimes. It still does sometimes. But, you know, it, it's just that back then, if there was a girl around, and I saw a few, you know, they yeah. were they were like Sasquatch. You had to, you know, hear about them. Uh, the, I, I remember that uh, my mom would always say, aren't you going to meet a nice girl at one of these conventions? And I'm like, Mom, you haven't been to one of these things. You know, like, <laughs> you know. What I always like to ask before I wrap up is, do you have any final thoughts for anybody? Um, just go with your heart and your, you know, whatever inspires you. If, if whatever makes you happy, if it doesn't make you happy anymore, don't do it. Um, I've definitely seen too many people just, you know, fall apart in tears or stress or whatever because of it. If the end goal is worth it, that's fine to have a little blood and sweat and tears. But if you're just miserable, like don't do it and, and, get out of toxic situations. You know, I've had friends who've been in um, groups that had lots of drama and stress and people just domineering or whatever. Like, don't don't let yourself get wrapped into that. There's always somebody else out there willing to 
appreciate you, even if you're just a solo costume. Um, just have fun, have lots of fun, and you'll make a lot of friends and have a lot of fun. And join, you know, the communities and get on there and say hi, because we're all friendly and we want to meet you at the panels and the conventions and stuff. So hopefully I'll get to see you. If you see me, say hi. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you can you can find out a lot about uh, people through the um, the forums and the community I help moderate called DWCosplay.com. I highly suggest people check it out. Um, Vaughn, do you have uh, anything you want to uh, plug on here, like your uh, um, uh, YouTube and whatnot? Oh, God. Uh, I do a, a, a Minecraft YouTube channel. I'm sure you guys want to check it out. It's Vaughn Ryder LP. It has nothing to do with costuming. And, and don't you have an Etsy uh, store as well? I do have an Etsy store. I sell magnets. Um, that's etsy.com slash shop, S-H-O-P slash Vaughn Donovan, which is my name. Still magnets. I have lots of Doctor Who magnets, so that at least is kind of related. And, you know, Firefly and Power Rangers and various other nerdy things. So you might enjoy that. I'll make sure to post the links as well because, uh, yeah, the, the the magnets are rather cool. Appreciate your pimping it. Plugging <laughs> it. Plugging it. I appreciate you plugging it. Had to plug it naturally. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on with me, Vaughn. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. And we will be back next week with more Costume Shop Talk on Costume Station Zero. 